When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. That was me breaking into the airwaves this morning on the morning show when I heard Jay Will just take a flamethrower to my top five NBA teams as we head into next season. Rob Guerrera filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. You can find him on social at Stats on Fire. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. So Rob, what happened there was I happened to be listening live and Jay will just, I was showering. I have on the ESPN radio app. It's very convenient folks. You should try it out. I have on the ESPN radio app playing in my bathroom. All of a sudden this Jay will, I mean, first of all, what does he know about basketball? (laughs) And second of all, he just takes a flamethrower out of the blue to the top five NBA teams that I had listed on the morning show yesterday when I was filling in for him. And he took major issue with the fact that I included the Miami Heat in the top five. I did not include the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, first of all, major respect points to you for calling in. I like that you didn't just (laughs) let it slip. You could have just continued on with your shower, but you said, no, I will not let this stand. And you called in and you defended it. I got out of the shower immediately. (laughs) I called into ESPN radio. Good. Look, not going to lie. I kind of feel like I'm on Jay's side a little bit. But I respect you you arguing, and that last little line from Freddie there has me a little nervous about the rest of the show today because you are a lawyer, and now I'm a little terrified about having to sit with you for the next two hours. Well, it's okay. I'll allow you to be wrong uh, like <laughs> I will allow you to be right now. I'll allow you to be wrong often throughout this show. It was funny because we break out into this vicious argument, me and Jay Will, <laughs> over quite literally the fifth spot on this list. And if he had actually listened to the segment yesterday, I had the Lakers on the outside looking at, I had the Lakers at sixth, essentially, on my top NBA teams. I really did struggle between the Lakers and the Heat. I'm not one who think the, thinks the Lakers had like an A++++ free agency like everybody else thinks. I love myself some Gabe Vincent. Clearly, I'm a huge Miami Heat fan. I don't think the Lakers are a Gabe Vincent away from a championship. They did fine. They maybe got a little bit better. It's a team that wasn't close to beating the Denver Nuggets, and I don't think, frankly, they're that much closer to beating the Denver Nuggets. The Miami Heat, on the other hand, even without Dame, and I am including them on this list, without Dame, are the team team that actually made it to an NBA finals. So there's a respect factor there, but also they did that without a healthy Tyler hero. And even though they're losing some key pieces, so to speak, and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, it's a franchise that's known for just replacing those sorts of pieces, finding those undrafted guys, plucking them out of the thin air and developing in them into something. They've done it time and time and time again, but also they'll get back Tyler Hero. Assuming they don't trade him away for Damian Lillard, and then this entire conversation is very different, they'll get back a 20 points per game score either way. They did not have him there the majority of the postseason. I think your argument for the Lakers has to be they they kind of underwent a facelift at the deadline last year, right? D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell, Rui mm-hmm. Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt. 
So they haven't really had a chance to play together that much. So I think Laker fans are going to tell you that the team is naturally going to improve because those guys will get more comfortable with one another, plus some of the additions that you just mentioned. That's, I think, the argument for the Lakers over the Heat, who, like you said, have some changes and a couple of big losses. That's exactly what Jay said. He did mention they'll have more chemistry, the Lakers, going into the season. I'm like, all right. It's First of all, the core of that Lakers team. I mean, they've won a championship together. They've been together for years. I mean, what the Lakers really comes down to is the health of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We yes. all know that. If you look at how many games each of those guys played last season, it leaves a lot to be desired. And that's going to probably be the case this season as well. It's Anthony Davis. I've seen enough years of AD to know that that man ain't staying healthy for his full season. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, hopefully he'll be healthy for them in a postseason. LeBron James is just that much older now. I mean, he just it's just how life works. I'm also that much older this year than I was last <laughs> year, unfortunately. So is LeBron. It's how it goes. And LeBron is showing some signs of that. And his health is also a paramount concern. So there's that. But that core has certainly had many, many years to gel. I understand some of those extra pieces. Like, I don't think D'Angelo Russell's issue, frankly, in this past postseason was the lack of chemistry because he hadn't had enough time. I'm just not sure D'Angelo Russell is a good fit for that team. They didn't overpay him in free agency. They did keep him. It's fine. It's probably a piece that they're going to end up moving. But none of these pieces, I guess, get me that excited. Like, yes, they had to lock up Hatchamore. They retain him. Austin Reeves, there was question marks whether they were going to be able to bring him back. They are able to bring him back. Again, they had a good offseason so far. I'm not saying they didn't. I just don't see that they did anything to actually beat Jokic in the Nuggets or KD in the Suns. Well, that's fair, but that's not the argument we're having. We're having, are they the fifth best team in the NBA argument? Well, that's fine, except for you have to consider the other teams in the NBA. And the one that I put as fifth instead of them is in a different conference. Fine. Also, because of that, potentially an easier path, right? Like they don't have to get through Jokic until, you know, the NBA finals. And that's exactly where you saw the Heat finally fall short. LeBron and that Lakers team has to get through Jokic before then. And you saw how that went for that Lakers team. And so I think that that's part of this conversation is the differentiation between these conferences. Like if Lillard doesn't go to the East, then that West is definitely more stacked still. Can you make the argument that the Lakers are not a top five team in the West? Uh, I wouldn't. I you you can. can make that argument. I wouldn't make that argument, but you can make that argument. Yes. I think you can make the argument that the Lakers aren't a top five team in the West and that the Heat aren't a top five team in the East. Yeah, that's fine. You could make that argument, I think, on both sides. Certainly not an argument that I would make <laughs> when it comes to the Heat. No, but I mean, we're talking about teams that were not top five teams last season. Either of them. I mean, we're not talking about teams that were seeded in the top five. We're talking about playing teams. Yep. Both of those teams last season. Neither of those teams were top five teams in their own conferences. Nevertheless, the NBA, although I'm counting more than just the seeding. Like the Heat do that by design, right? It's how Jimmy Butler plays basketball. The Heat realized the season before that they don't necessarily need to be the one seed because they were the one seed and they end up losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the As an eighth seed, they get into the NBA Finals. The recipe here is save yourself for playoff Jimmy. And I think that you end up seeing that recipe probably again next season. I'm not saying the Heat are going to be one of the top five teams in the regular season, but I think if you're doing a top five list, we're probably accounting for where we think that these teams end up after the season. So you resented the fact that Jay Will thought that you were wearing your Homer hat a little bit. I mean, I was. I always wear my Homer hat a little bit, but it wasn't an outlet. James Steele out there nodding. A little bit. Pipe down. A little bit. A little bit. 
But I made sound arguments. It wasn't like it was a totally out of left field take. You know, I mean, it's not ridiculous. To say the team that was in the NBA finals, quite literally the team that ended up being the second best team in the NBA this past season is a top five team in the NBA next season. It's not completely outlandish. Now, again, I do recognize the Heat lost some pieces, but I am counting on them being able to replace those pieces in true Heat fashion. Woj on Twitter right now is reporting restricted free agent for Grant Williams is finalizing a four-year $53 million sign-in trade agreement to land with the Dallas Mavericks. That, according to sources, telling ESPN, Dallas Mavericks getting Grant Williams. Okay. I mean, I, I still don't agree with them kind of doubling down on the whole Luca Kyrie thing. So I, any pieces you add around are right, but I, I just don't think it's going to work in Dallas. I really don't. I know they only played together for, what was it, 16 games last year, but they lost 11 of those games. And I just, you can't rely on Kyrie. And if I can't rely on him, what good is it that he's on the team? Even when, yeah, he's really talented, but if he's unreliable, it doesn't matter. I don't hate what they did, Dallas, when it comes to Kyrie. We will get into that. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Rob Guerrero filling in tonight for Joe Fortenbaugh. We'll get into that and plenty more coming up next. We're even going to talk a little baseball. What should the Angels do about Shohei Otani? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. That was me breaking into the airwaves this morning on the morning show when I heard Jay Will just take a flamethrower to my top five NBA teams as we head into next season. Rob Guerrera filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. You can find him on social at Stats on Fire. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. So Rob, what happened there was I happened to be listening live and Jay Will just, I was showering. I have on the ESPN radio app. It's very convenient, folks. You should try it out. I have on the ESPN radio app, 
playing in my bathroom. All of a sudden, this Jay Will, I mean, first of all, what does he know about basketball? <laughs> and second of all, he just takes a flamethrower out of the blue to the f- top five NBA teams that I had listed on the morning show yesterday when I was filling in for him. And he took major issue with the fact that I included the Miami Heat in the top five. I did not include the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, first of all, major respect points to you for calling in. I like that you didn't just let it slip. You could have just continued on with your shower, but you said, no, I will not let this stand. And you called in and you defended it. I got out of the shower immediately. (laughs) I called into ESPN radio. Good. Look, I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel like I'm on Jay's side a little bit, but... I respect you you arguing, and that last little line from Freddie there has me a little nervous about the rest of the show today because you are a lawyer, and now I'm a little terrified about having to sit with you for the next two hours. Well, it's okay. I'll allow you to be wrong uh, like <laughs> I will allow you to be right now. I'll allow you to be wrong often throughout this show. It was funny because we break out into this vicious argument, me and Jay Will, <laughs> over quite literally the fifth spot on this list. And if he had actually listened to the segment yesterday, I had the Lakers on the outside looking at, I had the Lakers at sixth, essentially, on my top NBA teams. I really did struggle between the Lakers and the Heat. I'm not one who think the, thinks the Lakers had like an A++++ free agency like everybody else thinks. I love myself some Gabe Vincent. Clearly, I'm a huge Miami Heat fan. I don't think the Lakers are a Gabe Vincent away from a championship. They did fine. They maybe got a little bit better. It's a team that wasn't close to beating the Denver Nuggets, and I don't think, frankly, they're that much closer to beating the Denver Nuggets. The Miami Heat, on the other hand, even without Dame, and I am including them on this list, without Dame, are the team that actually made it to an NBA Finals. So there's a respect factor there. But also, they did that without a healthy Tyler Hero. And even though they're losing some key pieces, so to speak, in Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, it's a franchise that's known for just replacing those sorts of pieces, finding those undrafted guys, plucking them out of the thin air, and developing them into something. They've done it time and time and time again. But also, they'll get back... Tyler Hero. Assuming they don't trade him away for Damian Lillard, and then this entire conversation is very different, they'll get back a 20 points per game score either way. They did not have him there the majority of the postseason. I think your argument for the Lakers has to be they they kind of underwent a facelift at the deadline last year, right? D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell, Rui mm-hmm. Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt. So they haven't really had a chance to play together that much. So I think Laker fans are going to tell you that the team is naturally going to improve because those guys will get more comfortable with one another, plus some of the additions that you just mentioned. That's, I think, the argument for the Lakers over the Heat, who, like you said, have some changes and a couple of big losses. That's exactly what Jay said. He did mention they'll have more chemistry, the Lakers, going into the season. I'm like, all right. It's a, first of all, the core of that Lakers team, I mean, they've won a championship together. They've been together for years. I mean, what the Lakers really comes down to is the health of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We yes. all know that. If you look at how many games each of those guys played last season, it leaves a lot to be desired. And that's going to probably be the case this season as well. It's Anthony Davis. I've seen enough years of AD to know 
that that man ain't staying healthy for his full season. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, hopefully he'll be healthy for them in a postseason. LeBron James is just that much older now. I mean, he just it's just how life works. I'm also that much older this year than I was last <laughs> year, unfortunately. So is LeBron. It's how it goes. And LeBron is showing some signs of that. And his health is also a paramount concern. So there's that. But that core has certainly had many, many years to gel. I understand some of those extra pieces. Like, I don't think D'Angelo Russell's issue, frankly, in this past postseason was the lack of chemistry because he hadn't had enough time. I'm just not sure D'Angelo Russell is a good fit for that team. They didn't overpay him in free agency. They did keep him. It's fine. It's probably a piece that they're going to end up moving. But none of these pieces, I guess, get me that excited. Like, yes, they had to lock up Hatchamore. They retain him. Austin Reeves, there was question marks whether they were going to be able to bring him back. They are able to bring him back. Again, they had a good offseason so far. I'm not saying they didn't. I just don't see that they did anything to actually beat Jokic in the Nuggets or KD in the Suns. Well, that's fair, but that's not the argument we're having. We're having, are they the fifth best team in the NBA argument? Well, that's fine, except for you have to consider the other teams in the NBA. And the one that I put as fifth instead of them is in a different conference. Fine. Also, because of that, potentially an easier path, right? Like they don't have to get through Jokic until, you know, the NBA finals. And that's exactly where you saw the Heat finally fall short. LeBron and that Lakers team has to get through Jokic before then. And you saw how that went for that Lakers team. And so I think that that's part of this conversation is the differentiation between these conferences. Like if Lillard doesn't go to the East, then that West is definitely more stacked still. Can you make the argument that the Lakers are not a top five team in the West? Uh, I wouldn't. You you can can make that argument. I wouldn't make that argument, but you can make that argument. Yes. I think you can make the argument that the Lakers aren't a top five team in the West and that the Heat aren't a top five team in the East. Yeah, that's fine. You could make that argument, I think, on both sides. Certainly not an argument that I would make <laughs> when it comes to the No, but I mean, we're talking about teams that were not top five teams last season. Either of them. I mean, we're not talking about teams that were seeded in the top five. We're talking about playing teams. Yep. Both of those teams last season. Neither of those teams were top five teams in their own conferences. Nevertheless, the NBA, although I'm counting more than just the seeding. Like the Heat do that by design, right? It's how Jimmy Butler plays basketball. The Heat realized the season before that they don't necessarily need to be the one seed because they were the one seed and they end up losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the As an eighth seed, they get into the NBA Finals. The recipe here is save yourself for playoff Jimmy. And I think that you end up seeing that recipe probably again next season. I'm not saying the Heat are going to be one of the top five teams in the regular season, but I think if you're doing a top five list, we're probably accounting for where we think that these teams end up after the season. So you resented the fact that Jay Will thought that you were wearing your Homer hat a little bit. I mean, I was. I always wear my Homer hat a little bit, but it wasn't an outlet. James Steele out there nodding. A little bit. <laughs> Pipe down. A little bit. A little bit. But I made sound arguments. It wasn't like it was a totally out of left field take. You know, I mean, it's not ridiculous to say the team that was in the NBA fight, quite literally the team that ended up being the second best team in the NBA this past season is a top five team in the NBA next season. It's not completely outlandish. Now, again, I do recognize the Heat lost some pieces, but I am counting on them being able to replace those pieces in true Heat fashion. Woj on Twitter right now is reporting restricted free agent Ford Grant Williams is finalizing a four-year $53 million sign-in trade agreement to land with the Dallas Mavericks. That, according to sources, telling ESPN. Dallas Mavericks getting Grant Williams. Okay. 
I mean, I, I still don't agree with them kind of doubling down on the whole Luca Kyrie thing. So I, any pieces you add around are right, but I, I just don't think it's going to work in Dallas. I really don't. I know they only played together for, what was it, 16 games last year, but they lost 11 of those games. And I just, you can't rely on Kyrie. And if I can't rely on him, what good is it that he's on the team? Even when, yeah, he's really talented, but if he's unreliable, it doesn't matter. I don't hate what they did, Dallas, when it comes to Kyrie. We will get into that. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Rob Guerrero filling in tonight for Joe Fortenbaugh. We'll get into that and plenty more coming up next. We're even going to talk a little baseball. What should the Angels do about Shohei Otani? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Things have gone from bad to worse. For the Los Angeles Angels, a franchise that can't seem to catch a break, even though it's got the two best players in baseball on it. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Rob Guerrero filling in tonight for Joe Fortenbaugh. So hours after placing Mike Trout on the 10-day injured list with a broken left wrist, the Angels saw their run of bad injury luck continue in their game against the Padres. Anthony Rendon was removed from that loss in the fourth inning after fouling a ball off his leg. The team said he has a left shin contusion. X-rays were negative. There, Then Shohei Otani departed early with a blister on his middle finger. He is taking it easy here as we head into the all-star break. So lots of injuries there for an Angels team that cannot afford to suffer those injuries, Rob, because they need to win, they need to make a postseason, and they need to be attractive for Shohei Otani to re-sign with them for Monster Money. I think that ship has sailed, and this just clinched it for them, honestly. Look, they're four games back of the wild card, seven games back in the West. They've lost 10 out of their last 14. I mean, the, the ship was sinking before these injuries. Injuries. Now you're telling me Mike Trout, who's actually had surgery today, I believe, so he's going to be out for four to eight weeks. How are they going to stay afloat? I just don't see it. And I think that the only chance that they had to re-sign Otani was if they could somehow make the playoffs and convince him that, hey, maybe this team is on its way up. I just don't see that coming. I think they need to trade Otani at the deadline because if they don't, he's just going to walk out the door for nothing. Right. I mean, that's what the concern is here. It was already the concern here, right? But people started feeling like, okay, the Angels, they might be in a position to make the postseason. Maybe, just maybe, you'll talk them into staying. Maybe if you're in that sort of position, you don't trade him away because you want to do everything you can to try to talk him into staying. Let's have a good run now. We pay you the monster money. There's no reason to go get it from anywhere else. Now, it's a very different situation. And you said that you don't see how they can stay afloat. I mean, Frankly, they could barely stay afloat with these guys. And now you don't have these guys. Now, given Shohei Otani, it's a blister. It's not a huge deal by any means. But you're going to be careful with him. With with uh, Mike Trout, two months? How are you going to stay? You're not going to stay afloat. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. And so if you're the Angels, you certainly should consider trying to get back something in return. John Smoltz, Hall of Fame pitcher, was on ESPN Radio earlier today. He said the Angels should consider trading Otani. You know, I don't know what they're going to say publicly, but internally I would be looking at every channel and fielding every question. I mean, if you don't think you can re-sign him, which seems to be the narrative, now is it. I mean, the only way you change your franchise if you're not going to re-sign Shohei Otani, you're going to get nothing in return. But if this team that you're trading him to potentially has the inside track to re-signing him or wanting to, then you're able to get more for 
this kind of player. We're talking five to six players for one guy. Which I'm surprised. For, okay, now I understand we're talking about the best player in all. And I mean, not just Major League Baseball. Like We're talking about the best player, I think, in the history of the entire sport. Certainly the best player you and I will probably ever witness in our lifetimes. So, yes, I understand that we're talking about that caliber of player. Getting back players in return shouldn't be shocking. But we're also talking about a player in Shohei Otani, then, that's on an expiring contract who you're going to have to pay, and not just have to pay, but hey, pay like, you know, something with, you know, a four, five, six in front, like something we've never seen before in that sport. How attractive is that, then, as a trade asset? Like, of course, you're willing to trade pieces back to the Angels for him, but it's not like he has years left on his deal, is my point. If I were a team like the Mets, a team that was gearing up to make a major run at Otani this offseason, right, I would love the opportunity to say, let me get him in my building. I'll get him in my building. We'll make the playoffs this year. He'll get a taste of postseason baseball and what that's like and what it's like to play in meaningful games in front of crowds that love you. And I'll make sure that when he's here, he might test the mark or whatever, but he's coming back with us. I'll make that bet. I'll bet on myself, and we can convince him. That's what I would say if I were a team that was going after him. Why wait and then have to take your, you know, fight other teams for competition. If you can get him in your building now, that's your best chance to sign him. I suppose, although I think that there's other considerations than just, hey, we have the bright lights here and isn't this fun? I mean, if you're Shohei Otani, for example, I keep hearing he wants to be on the West Coast. So if you end up, I think we all have this idea also that Steve Cohen is just going to lob all this money in the air because we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. We've also seen it not work out. Like, if you're him, aren't you a little gun-shy right now? Or do you think you're just going to continue to go down this path of all-in? Because being all-in so far and paying this monster money certainly has not worked out so far in terms of the win-loss column for the New York Mets. But because we have that idea about the owner, I think a lot of people point to that franchise and think, well, that's a place that would be willing to trade away assets. And maybe right now they would be because, again, (laughs) it ain't working. So why not get rid of some of those pieces and try something different? But if you're Shohei Otani, I don't know if really being there for some months is going to change your mind if you really want to live on the West Coast so that you have an easier commute back home, which seems to be something that's important to him ultimately. All right. So where the Dodgers can step up, they got deep pockets. They're on the West Coast. You know, this is never going to happen. It's a fantasy land, but my Seattle Mariners are on the West Coast. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What? Yeah. Can I dream for a second? Listen, anybody's going to be in the sweepstakes, right? Anybody with an owner willing to pay is going to try to be in the sweepstakes. The reality is, I think that we expect Otani's going to want to go to one of these bigger brands. The Dodgers are interesting. I mean, it's a team in the Dodgers that you could see, obviously, him making an immediate impact on. Wherever he ends up going, can he make an immediate impact? Like, the, like could the Giants be part of that conversation? Is he going to be the piece that gets them further this season, gets them into a postseason, gets them ahead, and then you consider this is the place for you because we also have everything X, Y, and Z that you already wanted in your list of considerations. It depends who Shohei Otani is as a player. And frankly, although he's the best player in the history of the sport or certainly the best one that all of us have witnessed, we don't know a ton about him in terms of his personality. That's just the reality of it. So we don't know a ton about what makes him tick and what he actually truly wants. If he ends up wearing pinstripes for a few months 
Is that enough to lure him? Does he care about the lure of that and of the New York Yankees? There's a lot of things with Otani that we just frankly don't know that comes down to these intangible things off the diamond. So I think what a lot of people do is just point to the things that we're used to saying when it comes to these sorts of monster players. And I don't know if any of them apply to Shohei Otani. Yeah, we kind of default to, well, the money's going to be the first thing, especially when you're talking about a guy who could literally sign a five or $600 million contract. But I heard a funny thing from Buster Olney a couple days ago who said that Artie Moreno doesn't want to be the guy that trades him away at the deadline so that he's not going to do it. That's the most backwards thinking to me if you're Artie Moreno. You'd rather see him walk out the door for nothing? That makes no sense. Right. That makes no sense to me either. Like, why would you rather be known as the guy that got nothing in return? (laughs) Right. You're the greatest player who ever lived. Like, that doesn't seem like a good reputation to have either. I mean, I get that trading the greatest player away doesn't seem like a positive thing. But at the same time, letting that guy walk out your door for absolutely nothing seems like even more of a negative thing than the alternative. So if I'm already Moreno at this point, I am very strongly considering it just because of the state of the angels. And hopefully he has a little bit more insight than the rest of us on what Shohei Otani wants, whether Shohei Otani would actually consider staying there if they, in fact, pony up the monster money. Coming up next, is the media to blame for the weirdness between Stefan Diggs and the Bills? We'll get into that. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Who doesn't love a list in the month of July? And we have been giving you tons of NFL lists. Rob Greer filling in tonight for Joe Fortenbaugh. NFL lists galore. We are back to our NFL rank them. Let's get to it. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them. The top five home field advantages. Number five, Denver. Now, I struggled putting this list together a little bit because if you just go with how the actual records look at home, it's kind of a different conversation than when you consider the actual environments. Obviously, the Broncos have not been good. So their home record ain't so good. However, Rob, very thin air there in Denver. It is quite literally, I don't know if you've heard, It's quite literally a mile high. It is a mile above sea level. That makes it an incredibly difficult place to breathe, which makes it an incredibly difficult place to play a sport when you're only coming into town for a one-off like you do in the NFL. So yes, the Denver Broncos right now are bad. You will see that home field advantage very much matter to that team if, in fact, they can turn things around with Russell Wilson. Plus, you got weather there, potentially in the winter, snow in Denver. Weather is a huge home field factor. I, I can respect it. I get where you're coming from on that. Number four. Seattle. Now, again, I struggled with this because another team that isn't any good. And so the home record might not look so good. But when we're talking about environments and actual home field advantage, I'm still going to give a nod to the place with a literal 12th man, right? I mean, that place has been known for so long to be such a tough place to play because of those fans. I'm still going to go ahead and give my respect to that fan base for everything that they have been, that they were named the 12th man. The Seattle Seahawks still get a nod. 
and when you've got the sound engineered to go back down on the field to disrupt things, I do think it's a factor. So I'm on board with Seattle being on this list. If you make this list and you don't have Seattle there, you're just doing it wrong. Number three. Number three is Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. There's a reason that they refuse to put a roof on that stadium, and it's because they want that weather advantage that you just mentioned there, Rob. Weather matters. The weather up in Buffalo, New York, I'm sorry. Cover your ears if you live there. Sucks most of the year. (laughs) Sucks. All right. I was there for a game against the Miami Dolphins. They ended up eking it out. We didn't. You had Skylar Thompson under center. All right, Bills fans, calm down. The point is, it was cold as hell. And yes, I'm saying that as a Floridian, but anybody would think Buffalo, New York is cold. And I didn't even get the insane whiteout weather that you get sometimes when you're there. But also, that stadium was loud as heck. It's a lot louder than people give it credit for. That fan base was raucous. And I think it's because you have to self-medicate with a lot of, (laughs) let's say, liquid in order to just stay warm up there in Buffalo, reasonably so. That fan base certainly tailgates, certainly has their fun, and has a lot of liquid courage to stay warm. That is a tough place to play in uh, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, the fans are putting themselves through tables before the game starts. That is uh, unlike any (laughs) other place. And they also throw things on the field that you won't find anywhere else either. Number two. Kansas City. James, Kansas City, number two. I, uh, you heard that, right? Number two. Like, it would not, we haven't gotten to our number one. Mark oh, didn't boy. actually hit the number one. So I just want to be clear. They're number two on my list, James, your Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is a very tough place to play right now. It is the loudest stadium in the country. Anything that is Patrick Mahomes' house is obviously wildly intimidating because that man and his team is wildly intimidating. Also with Kansas City, the weather, again, it can be the hottest place on earth and it can be the coldest place on earth. From what I understand, that seems like an epic place to go watch a game. It is a very tough environment, but not number one, Rob. Okay, I'm on board. Look, Kansas City has a sneaky little trick that they like to play on people. Sure, come here, have the barbecue. It's delicious. And then you have to go into one of the loudest stadiums in the entire league. And oh yeah, by the way, you still have to beat Patrick Mahomes, which almost nobody does. Number one. Number one biggest home field advantage in the National Football League is the Green Bay Packers. It's Lambeau Field. It's the oldest stadium in the country. It is, I think, probably the most iconic stadium in the entire country. They have the best record as a home team since 2018. They are 32-8-1 at home. We know what the weather is like up there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Also, you are playing in front of literally a stadium full of owners (laughs) because (laughs) of how invested those fans are quite literally In that team, it is the hardest place to play in the NFL. And I don't have anything to verify this whatsoever, but I'm saying it anyway. The cold there is just different than cold in other places. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But something about Green Bay cold is scarier than cold in other spots. I just remember Tom Coughlin's face being bright red on the sidelines. I'll never forget that. Gets into your bones there, I would imagine, in Green Bay. So that is my list of the hardest places to play in the NFL. I struggled with it a lot, though, because there's a lot of other good ones, like Chicago, obviously, with the wind factor, Philadelphia with their insane fans, Dallas, actually, with their home record is remarkable. There's a lot more that I could have done with this list. 
Joe and Amber, the podcast. 